This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hello and welcome to the Record Celtic Podcast. My name is Daniel Conn. I'm delighted to be joined by Record Sports, Michael Gannon and Keith Jackson. Guys, how are you? Very well, Daniel. Mick, you? Not bad, chaps, yeah. Not too bad. Can't complain. With a few technical problems, they're getting set up, but we're now up and up and running. You could say the same, Keith, about Celtic. Yes. Yeah, perfect segue. Uh, <laughs> when we spoke last week, Celtic were going into the Motherwell game must win, had to kind of prove a point. Could argue they, they did that in both games, really. I think what was said was that Celtic really desperately needed a response at Motherwell. Um, the worry would be that for 45 minutes, none was forthcoming. Uh, it was a, a really, you know, it was actually a pretty woeful first 45 minutes. But when push came to shove at half time, I think there was a few words spoken between the players. Uh, Alistair Johnson, I was speaking to him the other day about it and he said Look, at half time we just realised we had to have an effort mentality <laughs> uh, in the second half and he's right because they, they were they were staring at a crisis um, dead in the eye they had 45 minutes to dig themselves out of a hole and you know what, they showed the character and by the way, it's worth pointing out here because he's been getting a lot of stick this season Brendan Rodgers made a massive call at half time at Fur Park when he took off Kyogo and he put Adam Eder uh, up front, and that was a game changer as well. And had it not come off, had he missed a couple of sitters, he would have been blamed for taking Kyogo off. It was all big stakes, high stakes, uh, but Celtic came through it. Um, they came through it impressively. And then, you know, last night at Celtic Park, they absolutely steamrolled Dundee. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does start to feel is this the start of something? Is this the change in momentum? Is this the, the sort of reconnection between the team and the supporters, which has been missing for so long, between the manager and the supporters, between the manager and these players? You know, I, I think it's too early to to reach any conclusions or to say that's it, the, cor- the corner's been turned and there's not going to be any more slip-ups along the way. But Brendan Rogers said before the, the Dundee game that he was taking it on a game-by-game basis, which is you know, managerial speak. But I'm fairly convinced that deep down he knows they needed to rattle off five successive wins before they go to Rangers. That's mm. two down, three more to go. Um, and I wouldn't jump to conclusion, to any conclusions until, you know, the next three games, the next three results. If Celtic can head to Ibrox with, with five straight wins in the back pocket, then I, I think at that point, you're looking at it going, well, this is now looking like a serious um, turnaround in the season. Mm-hmm. And just before we go into the Dundee game, Mick, I, I do think Keith makes a good point about, certainly not the first half, but the second half at Fur Park. It felt, to me anyway, a bit more like Angus Celtic. It felt like Celtic were back in a way. Something they maybe clicked. They'd maybe the realisation that if they go five points behind, they might not be coming, coming back from it. 
Well, it did look a bit like the, kind of, the shackles coming off, didn't it, a wee bit? Um, listen, you, you can't just get the fact the first half at, at Far Park was so bad. I mean, it was as bad as anything we've seen this season. So the alarm bells were ringing, ringing loud and clear at that point in time. So it did actually, it did feel like a kind of effort moment, as as, as Johnson said. Um, and the shackles come off, and they, and they continued against Dundee. Um, it, I think that that performance against Dundee was needed. I think Celtic fans needed that because it, there's been a kind of distinct lack of entertainment uh, a lot this season, especially at Celtic Park. Strangely, there have been some some decent days. In Aberdeen um, six nothing. The goals were going late. I think they beat Hibs four one, four nothing, four one. That was a good a good performance. But there've been too few and far between them. Too many home games have been a, a real kind of a real slog, a bit of a dredge. And I think if last night had been another one of those kind of one nil wins, yeah, um, about a few panicky moments. I think there've been probably more disgruntled punters. So they needed something to get people off their feet, on their feet, and um, and get a bit excited. And they got that last night. Um, and they've got a bit of momentum now in the back of the second half at Far Park, and, and this is all uh, midweek. But they need to keep it going. They've got a really really tough game this weekend at, at Hearts. Um, I still got my reservations about the side. I think I think Rogers has kind of found a kind of a formula. that Looks as though it's starting to work, but I, I think a lot of times been reaching in, in the dark for things to, to make it happen. They, there's been players that have came and gone this season. It runs a games and then fell out the team and back in. Now that you've got Ida leading the line, you've got uh, Yang out in the, in the, on the wing as well, looking good last night. It seems to have found something, but they need to continue. And, and this weekend is absolutely massive. I mean, going to Ten Castle against a, a good Hearts team that are probably a bit bruised with the kind of defeat at, at Rangers, having been gone there unbeaten after much a long time. Um, it's a real test, and as it's a week to week thing for Celtic just now. I mean, it's same. Um, and listen, a, a good result like that does help. But Celtic have always got the ability to beat teams four, five, six, and seven. Even at their, in the their poor times, they can do that. I mean, in the COVID season, they did three fives and a six that season as well. And that was meant to be a, a complete disaster season. So they can do it when these chances go in the back of the net. They need to do it over a, a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you. you mentioned a couple of things there. First of all, Michael, I, I, I was at Celtic Park and it felt so flat ahead of the game for obvious reasons, right? There is a disconnect there. It's not been going well. Rangers are grabbing momentum. They don't like it. Um, and, you know, the light show went on and they, they tried to sort of engineer an atmosphere and, you know, they, they, they were singing, you'll never walk alone, as they, they do before kickoff. And, but it felt all a bit limp, half-hearted. The, the you'll never walk alone anthem was still going on in the first 60 seconds of the match. And at that point, Dundee had two shots and a half-hearted penalty claim. <laughs> And you could just feel the energy, just whatever energy there was, it just got up and left and walked out. And you thought, oh, this this could have a this could be a long night. Um, but then you know Celtic got the opening goal, and that you know the fact that it was Carter Vickers that scored that I think helped because you know the, the return of the long lost son there, and you know that that sent out a message that was almost like a little sort of sideshow. The fact that he was back and he'd scored the opener and that lifted things a little bit, and then. News came through of Rangers falling behind at Rugby Park and the whole place just lifted. It was like a, an adrenaline shot. Um, and, it, it, you know, for the, for the rest of that first half, the place was alive again. And it's the first time I've felt like that in a long, long while. Um, 
and you know, then you you mentioned the individuals. Yang, I thought he was my man of the match. I thought he was terrific. Um, he was at the heart of most things that, that Celtic did well going forward. He was a threat. He was getting to the, the down the sides. He was cutting inside. Decent deliveries, good cutbacks, really good. But Yang, for me, sums up Celtic this season and his ability to, to blow hot and cold. So that is the question. Can he go to Tynecastle and put on a repeat performance? Because I've not seen anything to suggest this far, this season, that he is going to turn it on, you know, four weeks out of five, six weeks out of seven. So again, as you said, week by week, game by game, is, is how Celtic need to be judged at the minute. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's interesting seeing so many goals from headers from Celtic. I mean, that's something I've not seen all season. Balls getting thrown into the box early. And I think that it's interesting now the, the front line with Ida up there, Raul and Kyogo. There's, the no there's no point in putting in a, a cross for you know, if it's Kyogo up against two that's big centers. That's what I mean, yeah. So, what and what, I mean, what they can do is because Ida's up there leading the line, they, they don't have to, they can throw a ball in there early. I mean, you don't have to. I mean, the problem all season has been this slow build-up play. The ball's going out wide. The wingers can inside, looking up, looking for that wee direct low ball in to try and find Kyogo, and they're getting bogged down and big against defenses. Whereas we, we do up front, they can just get the ball at their feet and whip it in. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of early balls. You know, Arthur Johnson up until about a week ago had had an assist all season. Yeah, all of a sudden throwing balls at the box last night. Yeah, um, and creating goals. The, the, the um, cross for either's header was a terrific cross as well. But I, you know, need more that. Thing, you, need, you need more of that. But that's a different way of playing than it has been all season. Absolutely. However, that all said, Brendan Rogers did sit down with a few of his um, on the Tuesday afternoon after his press conference and he showed some video clips of goals scored under Ange the previous season and goals that Celtic have scored this season. It is incredible, in fairness to him, how similar they are. In terms of fullback coming in the field, opening up enough space for a ball to get played down the side for a winger, cross to come in, three guys attacking, one at the front post, one at the back post, one in the middle. And he showed four goals that were almost identical over the two seasons. And I think that, you know, obviously I think that he was a little bit bruised or has been a little bit bruised by, you know, accusations that, you know, his football's not as, as exciting to watch as Angie's football, etc., etc. But when you actually looked at those clips, it was extraordinary how similar the movements were. And I think you then come down to a question mark of what's the difference? The difference, you would have to say, and it's not, you know, it's not something that Brendan hasn't said throughout the course of the season about the quality of the individuals within the system. Well, once you had Yota and Abada, now you don't. And I think another key component in all of that is Carter Vickers coming back into the side. Because Motherwell again, let's go to that game. How many times did Motherwell get down the side of the centre backs? Just long balls over the top, and Theo Bear was able to muscle his way through and create a, a, a situation where Celtic were having to defend 
deep inside their own half, their own penalty box, guys having to flood back. As soon as Carter Vickers came on at Fir Park, he snuffed the O'Bear out on the halfway line. There was no need for Celtic to come scuttling back into position defensively because Carter Vickers had the reading of it, the ability to get there first, and then the physical strength to deal with the O'Bear, take the ball off him five yards inside Celtic's half, and then start another attack from there, as opposed to the whole team having to filter back to defend the situation. They're, they're now starting their attacks from 40, 50 yards further up the pitch. I think that is key, and I don't think it should be underestimated just how important Carter Vickers is to what Celtic achieved under Ange Postacoglu and what Rodgers is trying to achieve between now and the end of the season. I, I think, Mick, to be fair, as we were saying just before we, we came on here, that Carter Vickers I think, stops situations before they become situations, if that makes sense. And he's not played in a Celtic defeat since 2021 which is remarkable, really. I know he's had spells are injured, but it is night and day without him in the Celtic team. It really is. Oh, listen, Celtic's hopes for the rest of this season, for, I'm not saying they hang solely on his shoulders, but a, a, a large percentage does. Him staying fit for the rest of the season is absolutely vital for Celtic. Crucial. And if they want to go and, 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 and wrestle this, this title uh, away from Rangers who are top of the league at the moment, um, so that's that is going to be a, a slightly nervous situation for Celtic because if they lose him again, they've got a big problem. Uh, and as you touched on it, the first half an hour at Far Park, Celtic were getting torn apart at the back. I mean, simple ball in behind that channel was causing mayhem, um, and that did get plugged. But not only that, I think the build-up play as well. Carter Vickers the ball at his feet. He's confident. He can stride forward and pick a pass. Whereas I think that a lot of the other guys that are in that 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 part of the team get a wee bit cautious, safety first, past each other, back and forward, take the take the easier option rather than the, the, the proper option, and it slows the whole game down, allows defences to settle, and it, and it dictates that play that we've seen a lot this season, that kind of bogged down, back and forward, square balls, and, it, and it's and it's easy to defend against, whereas Carter Rick has got a bit more impetus with the ball at his feet as well. So it's, yeah, it's absolutely crucial that he's wrapped in cotton wool for the rest of the season for Celtic. So, so for me, it's the old adage, you know, you can talk about systems and managers and tactics and formations and strategies and Ange ball and Brodge ball, whatever you want to call it, right? That's fine, all well and good in theory, but it's the player, the quality of the player within the system, which will determine how that system looks and what your strategy looks like and how successful you are as a football team. It all comes down to quality in the end. You know, the, the best system in the world can be made better by, by a better quality of player. Andrew's done that, Spurs. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of judgments have been made in Brendan Rodgers, but when you look at the, the, the key components of the Postacoglu starting 11 compared to what uh, Brendan Rodgers has had so far this season, you can see why there would be a drop-off. The, 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 the quality of the individual player within the system has not been as high. Carter Vickers coming back makes a massive difference to them. And Keith, you see, just going back to Adam Eder, uh, a, a moment ago you mentioned him. Um, this was a guy that was held up by Celtic fans as, look, this is the lack of investment. We've got this guy and couldn't get a game for Norwich. He's been brilliant so far. Five goals in five games. And I would even suggest, I don't know where Celtic would be without him, <laughs> to be honest, in the last few weeks. Yeah, well, he's, I mean, his goals have kept it kept it ticking along, haven't it? He's, he's, he's pulled him out of fire a couple of times. Um, at Easter Road and again at Fur Park great header again last night I like the look of him um, I, I'm not saying 
that he is the quality centre forward that, that I think Celtic fans would be had been hoping for. Um, but he's, he's not far off. You know, he's, he's, he's got a talent, he's physical, he's pacey, uh, he's terrific in the air, um, looks to have the, a, a good mentality in terms of determination to get out there and play. At times you might look at Kyogo this season and wonder how happy he is out there, is his body language good, does he is he not enjoying himself the way that he used to, is it not, is it not quite lighting his fire the way it did uh, under Ange Postacoglu, I don't know, but either looks as if he wants to be out there and uh, and is enjoying being part of it, and uh, and and is enjoying the responsibility and the intensity. Um, look, I think it's it's not unfair to for Celtic fans to say, wait a minute, the third best striker at Norwich is that really all that we can deliver here? But and, and I think one of the key parts of this, when it came down to his recruitment, was. Brendan Rodgers was handed a list from the recruitment department, the department of available players, and he he went straight to Ida's name. So I like him. So he had a personal knowledge of him, which differs from maybe some of the other guys that have been brought in. Um, but Rodgers made went to some lengths to say that when that list got handed to him, Ida's name jumped out. So yes, it did feel all very eleventh hour, and you know maybe if. Um, if uh, Norwich hadn't made their move to get Pierre Van Hooydonk's son, who was supposed to be a long-term target for Celtic, then it, the move might never have transpired. But it did. I just think it's interesting and worthy of noting that that was a name that Rogers selected from the list, as opposed to, you know, just being handed somebody, you know, who he didn't have great prior knowledge of. He liked either from the start, and you, and you're starting to see why. Right. And Mick, see just on Kyogo, I mean, is it as simple as, you know, this Celtic team has lost Abada, it's lost Jota, even Atate, this for big spells, Aramui as well, I thought was brilliant last season. Is it just simple that he's not getting the same service or is there a wee bit more to it, do you think? No, he's definitely not getting the same service. I mean, I, I, I've got a lot of sympathy for Kyogo. Um, if you watch him in, in a lot of games this season, he is having to to run about at blind alleys and he's not getting the service. It's as simple as that. The, the wide men at Celtic and the fullbacks haven't been delivering the goods most of the season. Um, so I, I, his frustration is 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 he's hardly able to hide it at times. Um, he's having to run and look for the ball in, in areas he doesn't want to be either. So yeah, it, I think he's been a victim of lack of quality in other areas uh, and consistency in those areas as well this season. Um, he's also he is kind of an injury as well, and I think that's been kind of hanging over him all season, and it's a bit of a concern as well. Um, but for whatever reason, he did, he did two great seasons, it's not quite clicked. He's still a guy that can produce the goods in big moments. We've seen it in the, the games against Rangers, especially against the better teams with a bit more space. He can still deliver in these big moments. So I think he's got, I don't, I wouldn't just be chuck him in the bin at this stage of the season. I think Ida has grabbed his chance big time, surprised everybody. I mean, people we speak to at Norwich are also surprised that he's, he started so well. Um, so he's given Celtic a different dynamic and he has changed the kind of the mood around, around the place. Kyogo, a wee break might not do him any harm. I still think he's got a big part to play the rest of the season. He's a quality player who delivers when it matters and I don't think you discard that too easily. Am I wrong though? Guys, you can tell me that, you know, in the, the, the couple of seasons under Ange, at the end of the game, 
he made this big deal of going and doing his little dance in front of the, the fans and all that. And I, I think he felt at that point as if I'm the most important guy in this place. And I think he relished it and I think he flourished on it. I, I, am I wrong in saying I, I'm not seeing that same guy after games now? And is he, is he putting himself out there and connecting the way that he, he was previously? Does that hint at something's not quite right for him? He's not as happy as he was? I don't know. I, I, I think there's something in that. He, he doesn't seem, he's not the same player, and I'm not sure it's the same person. He's, he's naturally an introverted kind of character, right enough. I mean, he started talking about dancing and all that stuff. He had to get dragged up to do that at first. It was Joe Hart chucked him in front of the fans at the start to do that. Nobody needed to hold him back for the rest he's, of it. Well, once, he got a, once he got a taste for it, he was quite, <laughs> he was quite enjoying it. Um, it's a bit like myself on the dance floor. A bit reluctant at first, but once I'm up there, I love it. Yeah, but, that's a, but that requires eight pints first. Aye, well, uh, that's true. Um, I'll get the moves right enough. We'll be the judge of that. He's not scoring. He's not scoring the same amount of goals. So he maybe not feeling as though he's contributing or deserves the adulation as much as he would uh, had previously. Uh, and he is. I'm not saying that it's a hard guy to get to know, um, but it does seem like a kind of a, a naturally quite a quiet wee chap. Um, and this year, maybe listen, maybe he's a wee knock of confidence because the goals haven't been flowing as much. But I still think he's. I still think he's got a huge part to play. I, um, I, I don't disagree with you. And as you said, he's, he's a, a specialist in Derby Day. And there's two, thing, two to come. If he uh, plays in the team now and keeps it going the way he's going, he's scoring a few goals, really interesting to get to Ibrox, who gets the nod. Really interesting. Because he has been, I mean, terrific against Rangers. With a bit more space, especially going to Ibrox, you think, it's a big, that's, going to, that's going to be a major call when it comes. But well, there's a lot of, I, I, a lot of I, games to play in. I'm looking at it and I'm not convinced that, you know, I know that Iwata came in at third part from nowhere, by the way, which you mentioned earlier, Mick, was a sign of a manager who's reaching around trying to find a problem to fix. He had an injury right enough for a while. Um, yeah, but, He's not pulled off a lot. He, listen, he, he came in at Motherwell, he did nothing for 45 minutes. If anything, all he did was throw out the balance of the midfield because... I don't think Celtic get the best out of Callum McGregor when he's not. Yeah, I don't agree. I thought I thought he played well at Mallow. I thought he played yeah, pretty well. No, he did. I thought the game passed him by for forty-five minutes. Came well, in a little bit in the second half. The fans booed him getting taken off. The fans were booing Brendan Rodgers at that point, Mike. The fans were booing anything because well, at that point it took up a defensive midfield player for an attack midfield, and, and he got booed for it. So I thought that, that, was, that was a ridiculous uh, overreaction from myself. It was another another silly booing. We've seen quite a lot of silly booing this season. Yeah, um, as, Brendan, as Brendan Rogers has said at one point during the season, I know what they're booing, they're booing me. And that's yeah. that's exactly what that was. And what I hadn't done enough to con- uh, to, to constitute the, the manager getting jeered for making a substitution, it just wasn't the case. But it, in Brendan Rogers' eyes, he did enough to stay in the team and stay in that position for last night. Again, he did fine, he did, you know. But I'm not sure that he's the answer. And I, and I wonder if you look at it, Instead of having him there, put McGregor back into that position, allow O'Reilly a little bit more freedom to go and do what he does further up the pitch, but also bring Kyogo into that and 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 try again with with Eda up front and Kyogo roving around and and behind him. I think that might be the best system, and I wonder if that's what Brendan Rodgers will have in mind for Ibrox. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think there's a player in the water. I think there's a player there. I think it's a really intelligent. 
cool customer in there with the ball at his feet. I think, I think there's a player in the water. I think it, it's been hard for him. I think Scottish football has been a bit of a culture shock for him. Um, I think there's a really versatile operator in there. I think he could do a real good job in there. I do. I, I think he was, listen, he was the Japanese player of the year before he arrived, and I think he has not quite found his feet um, in, in Scotland, but I think there's definitely a player there. I mean, you could listen. I've seen guys in the past in that role. Um, have been talked about been been prospects. I remember Kuwasi was bought for a lot of money as the, the new Scott Brown. Um didn't quite work out. Um Ismaili Soro, remember him? Oh, yeah. the, the new Scott Brown and all that stuff. Uh, I don't think Awata is the new Scott Brown or the new Cal McGregor or whatever. Um but I think he could be a, a valuable player um given a given a good bit of time in the team. The thing is that like you say the this point in the season, there's no time for kind of experimenting or guys going off the boil. So it'll be interesting to see if he stays there. Uh, I, do, I, I think Cal McGregor is effective far up the pitch. I've always kind of thought that. Um, Cal is McGregor's more... effective whatever, whatever you play, Cal McGregor, because yeah. he just is. He's, he's I, more I, I wonder if it's to the detriment of the side to have a guy that I think is less talented than Cal McGregor being the guy that everyone's going through. Aye, the problem is. The problem isn't that. The problem is who do you play in the further position alongside O'Reilly? Because Bernardo, for me, hasn't done enough this season. Three or four good games at Christmas isn't enough. Um, so who do you play up there along with O'Reilly as a, as a kind of um, second attacking midfield player? That's what you said, Kyogo. You're not listening. <laughs> and there, the middle yeah. part. Well, no, just behind either. And that would allow O'Reilly to, to, to even more license to drift a little bit. In, in, a, in a number 10 role with Kyogo just on a little bit. See, I think you need I think you need the legs that, that, that McGregor and Riley bring because they, those positions are, are, are really hard positions in that sort of team because they're, they're the ones that lead in the press. They have to kind of hit the Bayern at times as well and get in the ball. I think it's a hard, I think that's a position for a, a Callum McGregor. You're saying Kyogo's not got legs? No, I think he's. I think he's further up the pitch. I think he's got to play either off the front or up front. I don't think he plays in that kind of that kind of eight uh, no. role. No, um, no, it'd be further advanced. I just think that Celtic make more out of a combination of those three than with a water. And I, I, granted, I, I hear yeah, you If you're going to put McGregor, O'Reilly, and Kyogo as your three in behind the front three, you're going to be under a lot of pressure in the middle of the park because Kyogo's not going to be chasing down and winning tackles. In the first line of the press, that's just not going to happen. So you're, well, giving, up, you're giving up the midfield. No, I'd say that what you've got in Kyogo is a guy that is happy to go out and run and press full backs and centre halves. I mean, he's, he's done that for two years. His energy levels in pressing people and closing people down is off the chart. No, I think I think chasing down centre halves and getting to lump it is slightly different than fighting in the engine room for the ball. I think that's different. I think that's why Paolo Bernardo struggles because he's not got the physicality either. Whereas McGregor's got it. I just think that in the big games that would be, I think that would be that would be very dangerous. Him and that that kind of, um, I think McGregor can play anywhere, like you say, anywhere on the pitch, and he'll and he'll win tackles, he'll make passes, and he'll. And but Mike, but Mike, let's break this down because you asked the question. It's going to be really interesting if either stays in the team and continues to do well and score goals. Do you just leave Kyogo out, or do you find a way to get Kyogo in because you know what he can do in these games? I think at this point in time you have to go with the guy in form who's either and who's who's, who's changed the way the team are playing. As I said, we're talking about earlier whipping balls out of the box. You need to stick with that. And Kyogo's got to be an impact player from the bench at this point in time. 
That's interesting. Because Celtic's way of playing seems to be working fine or has worked fine against Rangers. In fact, you, you, there's a counter argument to that, which is well, Rangers at Kilmarnock last night. Yeah, I agree. But many crosses that they have to defend, they can do it. Goals will stick his head on anything. Yeah, no, that, that, and that's what that's because back to what we're saying, that's going to be a big call for Ibrox. But I think in the meantime, to get to Ibrox, Celtic have to win every game before then. And I don't think they should change. That, I don't think they should change in what they've got at the moment to risk that until they get there. Then they've got a big decision. Mm. See, just while we're going around the houses, guys, do we just, I know we've talked to, to the F, but did we just accept that Abad has played his last game for Celtic? Is he just completely out of the picture now, do you think? Yeah, yeah. I think there's yeah. no way back. There's no way back. And it's, it's a real shame. And I feel absolutely, desperately sorry for the boy uh, because he shouldn't be in this position. It's actually a disgrace. Um, but I don't see any conceivable way in which it's going to be possible for him to, to, to wear that shirt again. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, that there, are, there is obviously a section of the Celtic support that uh, feel that their political views are more important than anything else. And that's fine. Sense of entitlement, et cetera, et cetera. But they have wrecked, destroyed the the a really promising career, Celtic career. Because at Leila Bad, I'll go and have a career. Don't worry no. about that. He's a good but player. It just, won't, it just won't be Celtic. No. And see, just before we finish, guys, I realise I'm asking you how long's a piece of string, but we've mentioned Tynecastle at the weekend. Mick, do you think Celtic will, will come out with a win? See, this is the thing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be going to the bookies to put a pound on it because oh. we don't know. We don't know what. Celtic team are going to turn up. If they turn up, then they can they go and get three points. But Hearts are a good side, so it, it's a this is why it's actually a huge challenge for Celtic. Um, it, it still looks a, a real treacherous trip. Um, Hearts, I've seen a lot of Hearts this season. I've been kind of impressed with them. Um, just a good side. I mean, I know they I know they completely wet the bed at Ibrox, um, but that might also add another dimension to, the, to their, their motivation for for Sunday. So yes, a real tr tricky one. If they can get through it, it'll be a huge result. What do you think, Keith? I think it's a very similar to the, the challenge that Rangers had at Kilmarnock last night. The, the Probably the two away grounds outside the, the city boundaries of Glasgow, where you wouldn't really want to be going right now at this stage in the season with so much on the line. It's Rugby Park and Tynecastle. Um, hearts are capable of blowing hot and cold, but I think in front of their own fans, particularly when Celtic come to town, they, they get right up for it. Um, the fans get up for it. It's a great atmosphere. It becomes a, a, a real, can become a frantic sort of a, a, a contest. And I fully expect that this weekend. The same way as Rangers were pushed to come up with answers at Kilmarnock uh, on Wednesday night, I expect Celtic to be faced with a, a similar challenge. We've, we've also seen occasions, by the way, where you think that's what you're going to get and then Celtic could go there and get an early goal and then romp it. That's mm -hmm. been done before as well. I rather suspect it's going to be tight, and I think Mick's right. I think uh, if Celtic can find a way of getting back across the M8 with three points, then, you know, it's, again, another building block in terms of momentum. But, I, 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 again, like Michael, I wouldn't like to predict it at this point. Um, you, you've no way of knowing what heart side is going to turn up or what Celtic side turns up. Mm -hmm. And then, once they do turn up, it's the little moments within the game. Do Hearts get off to a flyer? If so, that becomes a really tricky afternoon. If Celtic can get the first goal, they might calm everyone down and, and control the match. Um, but at this point in time, I wouldn't want to call it. I, I'd call it closer to time or maybe even 
after 10 minutes. Whatever happens, we'll be back next week on the Record Celtic podcast with all the fallout from it. Guys, it's, it's been a pleasure. Keith, Mick, thanks very much. Cheers, lads. No worries. Chats, I wait to find and see if that Shanklin's pie still there. I'm, I'm getting a bit peckish. <laughs> uh, thanks very much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Cheers. Thank you.